0: Hi and good morning. In this episode of the EMG podcast I want to discuss something that's always been a a passion of mine and that's sport as a lot of you will know. Uh, In particular how it can be used to develop your skills in other areas of your life and that's obviously particularly in business. Um, For this who better to talk to than our head of operations Keith Moore who's uh, coached uh, extensively GB athletes and he's uh, represented Great Britain himself at the world championships and at European championships in in, in canoeing on many occasions. how are you doing today Keith? I'm very good today, thank you very
1: much and uh, thank you for having me here for this podcast. Um, I think mostly for today my legs are just feeling quite tired because there's a bit of a break from canoeing. I've um, I've entered a, a long distance running race for later in the year so I've started my training for that and so far so good. When you say long distance that for me is probably 5, 10k I'm assuming? If it was 5 or 10k, then I'd, um, I'd, I'd take it. And my legs wouldn't be aching so much now. But it's, uh, it's a 100-mile running race in Cornwall. And a friend of mine uh, wanted to do this race and needed some company. I'm sure there'd be plenty of other people in the race for him to have company. But uh, he extended the offer to myself. And it's given me plenty of time to train up. So I've got a few qualifying races to do first. But end of January, we'll attempt the Arc of Attrition, which is a 100-mile 100 100 mile race in Cornwall.
0: So just to put that into perspective, that's pretty much four marathons back to back. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, nice. yeah, excellent. So, Keith, you joined us earlier for a, a podcast a few months back, um, where we talked about the your background and how the principles of being a top sports person can be applied to the world of business. This week, I wanted to uh, look at the topic from a different angle, and in particular, how participating in sport can equip you for the the softer skills to improve your day to day performance at work and help your uh, overall growth of, of a business such as EMG. Um, for me one of the brilliant parts of playing sport is the way it teaches the fundamentals of teamwork uh, and the skills of uh, to work together in different with different sorts of people I should say. I remember the great feeling of playing a small role uh, when you and uh, your partner Lizzie uh, completed the Devices to Westminster mixed canoe race and, and actually won it and broke the record, first time a mix, mixed pair had won that race. Now all I was doing was literally running alongside every now and again and shoving some uh, some uh, new potatoes into your mouth as and when was needed but it, it just just the buzz I got off that just shows how much uh, you know helping someone achieve those individual goals can really help in the overall team effort of that um, so someone someone so someone that's competed at a really high level in sport and spent a lot of time in and around the team env- environment what have you found the fundamentals that are, are, are needed? Um, you know, in a in a group with with whether that's an individual sport or with a group of people or whether it's a team sport working together. Well, I think whether it's an individual or a team sport, there's
1: always going to be a team behind those people who are competing. the The devices to Westminster race that you referenced, of which you were part of, <laughs> we had a team of good twenty or so people, all of all of which playing their part. And without that team, there's no way that the the people in the boat could complete the task that we were trying to achieve so even if it is running alongside the bank giving us food or helping us logistically, changing the drinks over, keeping the motivation up. That makes a huge difference. It would have just turned up to the start line, just the two of us, and attempted the record and attempted to be the first to uh, have a mixed K2 win the race. We wouldn't have done that. We would have we would have struggled far too much. And even if we wind back a year, wind back six months, without the team in place to help us all the way along the, along the path that led us to the point of getting us to the start line, we needed a team of people behind us. And with regards to what works well, whether it's an individual or team sport and having that team behind them, is that is that level of trust that you have in each other, is that levels of motivation, is that contribution from so many different elements and knowing that those people are, are contributing something positive to you, even if at the time it doesn't always seem like it's a positive, sometimes people read into things negatively. but nearly always well not nearly always it is always those people that are saying something in order to help you they want to have a positive impact on what you're doing
0: it's like we were talking about the other day if if you're surrounded by people you trust and they trust you then you take everything they say uh, in the right way even if they say it in the wrong way so if someone's having a bad day they might say something to you but if you trust them you know that they're saying it for the right reasons and if you look over the fact that they've said it in a bad way it could be because all sorts of things are going on in their personal life that you don't know about but they're still saying it for the right reasons. So you've got to overlook that sort of, the, the way they've communicated and, and listen to what they've communicated. Oh,
1: very much so. When, when you apply it to business and the same within sport, when someone's saying something to somebody else, sometimes it might come across as blunt but it's nearly always coming across with positive intentions. They want to help each other, they want people to improve, and that's how you do improve. You improve in sport because you get feedback from a coach, you get feedback from your peers. If someone thinks you're doing something wrong, if they've, if they've got the decency to challenge it with you, then they're helping you. If someone sees you doing something wrong and they just ignore it, then you're never, never going to get better at it. So being in that environment where you can work with people and you can trust that however someone's putting something across to you, Your your progress, your achievements are behind what they're trying to develop. That's what they want to help with. And you have it in sport when a coach tells someone that they could be doing something better or changing their technique or applying themselves a little bit better. Exactly the same thing in the workplace. And if things aren't being challenged in that positive way, then the chances are you've got a bigger problem that you are also hiding away from challenging.
0: So I remember in the the, D, the the DW devices Westminster, it's 125 miles long now. For people that don't know, where, how far down the course is is Reading is Dreadnought roughly? Uh, we always see it as halfway, but it's halfway point with regards to time wise, yeah. but it's
1: probably about 55, 60 miles in. Yeah, 55 miles in at that so, point. So I remember when
0: we uh, when we got to that point, and uh, that's one of the few points in the race where the support crew can actually get quite a bit ahead of the the people racing, and so a lot of the other portages, we'd been running up just about getting there in time and giving you the food and running onto the next one or driving on to the next one, then running up to the to the river. At Dreadnought, we got there with probably five minutes to spare um, and so we actually relaxed and took our foot off the gas and, and we weren't ready when you pulled up. Now, I won't use the language you used to us, but you basically <laughs> said, guys, you got to make sure you're ready when we get here in a, in a not so polite way. But you can't stop in the middle of a race when you're trying to beat a world record to sit down and explain to us why that needs to be done so we you know we took that as a trust that you're saying it for the right reasons we need to up our game and and you know carry on so it's a, a lot of the time you're in that environment where you just don't have time to do that and and, and as long as you know we, we were laughing and joking about it but we knew that we had to up our game about it, uh, you know straight away afterwards so it's it's it is just trust the, the trust is the key thing for me
1: yeah very much so and, and in that same set of circumstances my uh, my poor mother had the uh, <laughs> heard those choice words that i applied at the time <laughs> but the reason why the reason why I was so blunt at that point was because I guess I was so scared at that point that things weren't going the way that we needed it to go mm-hmm. and the message had to had to very much get across, this is what we need, this is what we're here to do, which goes back to the whole thing that we needed the team to do that because yeah. it would have been left by that point, there's no way we could have done it. Yeah. Also, looking at your, yourself, Spencer, now I've, I've been uh, privileged to be part of some of the challenges that you've also taken part in and also you've taken part in a number of team sports yourself over the years. So. With regards to those team sports and regards to some of the challenges that you've done, what would you say that those experiences have taught you with regards to being effective in a team?
0: Um, Yeah, well I mean I've played, obviously not at the level you've you've achieved in your sport, but I've played football over the years, I've played cricket over the years in terms of team sports and I've done uh, canoeing, which can be a team sport obviously if you're in the the K2s or K4s, but most of the time I've spent as an individual there and also done a few races, running races. I think the the key thing, as you talked about earlier, is, is it's it's the same thing. It's it's whether you're in an, an individual event or a team event, you've got to be surrounded by the right people. Um, it, you know, obviously, if you're playing in a football team or a cricket team, it's you're all playing together. You've got to get on on the pitch and work together on the pitch. But uh, you know, even in the individual sports, as you say, you've got to have that support team that helps you. You know, whether it's someone helping you get your boat there or, or getting you back at the end of a race, depending on what sort of race it is, or whether it's filling up your drink and giving you extra drink, or whether it's just cheering you on. Sometimes it's um, but it also goes back to the coaches getting you fit for that race in the first place. So I think it's just the key, the key learning for me in all of this is, is surrounding yourself by the right people. Surrounding yourself
1: by the right people does make a huge difference. And often it's, it's quite easy to make these links in sport because you can see the immediate tangible rewards of, of somebody helping somebody else in a sports environment. But how would you say that some of those experiences you've had, how do they map across to the
0: business world and particularly at EMG? Well, sticking on that theme, you know, I've I've talked about my my previous business and having the right people in place. It's it, you've got to be aligned. It's not that they're necessarily the wrong people, but they're just not the right people for you. And uh, you know, I, I look at someone like um, as a Liverpool fan. W- when we signed Mario Balotelli, he was obviously a, a world class player, but he was just a, an individual. There was no teamwork about him whatsoever. And as a, as a team, Liverpool were very, very sort of a. Uh, insistent on the pressing that the game that they were playing at the time where everyone had to work well together and it just tore the team apart having him there and I think it's the same thing you know I can I can look at the the individual sports of, of uh, things like um, canoeing and the, and the St Peter's Way challenge that I've done and I, I can look at that as to when I was a startup, when I was a one-man band setting it up, and even though it was me on my own, I, I quickly got people on board that could help me do that. Whether it was in the in the business getting some interns in to help me, or whether it was on St. Peter's Way having you and you and uh, Chris helping me on that, you can't do it on your own. You've got to surround yourself by the right people. And even though I was running the St. Peter's Way on my own, having you and Chris there to support me the whole way through and help me on the the uh, you know the checkpoints and things like that made a huge difference. And then. As the company gets bigger, it turns into more of a team sport, more like a football or a cricket, and then it's it's more important that you've got the right players on the pitch. So you, you, you could have a, a, a Balotelli, but he's just going to upset the rest of the team. So you're better off having a team of slightly less um, skilled players, potentially, but all, all pulling in the same direction than you are of having the best 11 individuals out there, because if they don't get on, they're not going to work. Um, and then as the business gets bigger again, it sort of transfers back to surrounding yourself by well, it's not just about the team that's actually playing here. We've got to have the best support staff. So you look at Liverpool this year or last year, they signed a a throwing coach. You know, it's that level of detail they're going to. This year, they've got a the German world champion surfer has joined the Liverpool football team coach. You think why on earth have they got a surf world champion? But he he deals with stress. And so they're looking at how they can deal with penalty shootouts and things like that. It's, it's that detail that you go to, and so we have our team of players here at the company at EMG, but we also surround ourselves by coaches in terms of business coaches, good accountants, good HR firms, good uh, solicitors, and I think that's where it comes across. It's just making you, you can whether it's sport or or business. I think the the biggest difference really is in in business. It's traditionally just looking at results, whereas in sport, I think there's a lot more on the teamwork. So I think that's the, the difference, but I think it's the key is, is it's all about the, the teamwork really.
1: Yeah, I think when you said about, it's, it's all about the results, sometimes I try and get the athletes I work with to, to see the results as just being the byproduct that yeah. happens as a result of everything else that's in place. Yeah. So you'll have a goal for the year and it's great to have that goal, but unless you, unless you start putting the building blocks in place, unless you start working towards that goal in a correct manner, it doesn't matter what that goal is, you won't get there. Yeah. But have that as a focus is great, but if everything else is in place and you're doing everything right and you're challenging things in the right way and you're progressing things in the right way, then at the end of it, your goal will just happen. It yeah. will happen as a byproduct of everything else you've put in
0: place. I've been asked on numerous occasions, do I have an exit strategy for the business? And I don't I don't really look at it like that at all. I, I, I look at our vision, which is to be the go-to place for healthcare professionals in Europe by 2025. And I think, well, if we're in that position by then, I won't have to worry about an exit strategy because I'll be able to choose whatever I want to do, whether it's to keep growing the business and working nine to five, Monday to Friday, because I absolutely love doing it, or whether it's to sell the business, or whether it's to float the business, or whether it's to go to one day a month as chairman, I'll be able to choose because we'll be in such a good position. So I don't need to worry about that. It's it's worrying about what we're trying to achieve is the, is the big thing, I think.
1: Yeah, that makes a, a huge difference on, on people's mindset to what you're trying to achieve, knowing that at the end of it, you will have yeah. those opportunities because everything that you've put in place up until then has has allowed you to then do that yeah. if the goal was just one thing and you're just going down on one path then you'll create you'll achieve that goal and then you'll default to whatever should come next yeah. whereas everything you've built up along the way then allows you so many more options at the end of it and linking it back to sport that's the same for for when young athletes start in any sport they do if if they have the mindset of just improving everything they're doing and their approach to their their life not just their specific goal then they can start choosing what they want to do not just okay now you're you're this type of person yeah
0: and, and in your sporting career, have you ever had to deal with uh, issues such as teammates having a disruptive impact or they're just not fulfilling their, their role in the team properly for whatever reason? And you know, it might be that they're too focused focused on their personal glory, for example. And if so, how did other teammates deal with that situation and, would you, and how would you have tackled it differently in hindsight?
1: We, um, yeah, we had a, a really... I guess toxic environment once upon a time within the in the British team where there was a real big divide. We had kind of two camps, Two the, all the athletes were in kind of one coach's camp or the other coach's camp. And, they, and these guys were friends, they were living to be together, they were always together either training yeah. or same universities. And then we just created this really horrible environment how these two groups were really competing against each other. And we just lost sight of the fact that the goal at the end of it was the same. Yeah. So where we should have been working together so much more, it was just constantly competing. And as a result of constantly competing in, in the wrong way, we were putting each other down. We, we were kind of celebrating when someone else wasn't doing so well. Yeah. And there was a lot of times when there's things that we could have said and could have done in order to help someone. Instead of talking to them about it, instead of challenging them with it, we just talk about it in our own little, little groups. And in some way, just hope things would get better through... I don't know it just yeah. it, it just come down to I hope things would be improved and then as a result the the performance overall within the team started to decline would you look back on it it's not a surprise at all yeah. you know what, what we needed to do was was challenging the things that were causing that divide within the team yeah and if we were able to do that then we would have made such such more positive gains off yeah. the back of it so looking back, off each other yeah, exactly. Yeah, looking back in hindsight, you think, well, "How on earth could we do that? How on yeah. earth did we get into that situation in the first place?" But it's looking at you know that whole thing about what do you what are you trying to achieve? You know, ben Hunt Davis's approach will it make the boat go faster? Yeah. And in and his, and his world of rowing, is looking at what were we doing? What we were, were we trying to achieve as a team? And if we all work towards it in a much positive way, then at least whoever is going to be. Kind of make the final team at the end of it is going to be the absolute best versions of themselves. Yeah. Not a case of you getting there just because someone else hasn't done as well as they yeah. could have done. Yeah, definitely. And with regards to um, yourself in and your in and your sporting environments, have you come across situations like that, or somehow that you can link it to business? How you think that things have been um, a negative impact, and how that might have affected the team overall?
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, you. Know, I, I've been playing team sports for over 30 years now and uh, you, you, you see all different ways of, of, of captains and managers doing things and coaches doing things and the, the thing for me is always always comes back to y- y- if you're in a team where you've got a few one or two or m- maybe more glory hunters it's it, it just you're never as successful you're never as happy you know it's a bit like you said you're competing against each other almost and it's a uh, I remember a a captain saying to us years and years ago, you know, no one's bigger than the team, and it is that. It's you. You're, you should all be working together for the benefit of the team. And if you have to make a sacrifice, and and you're on the bench or you're playing out of position or whatever it may be, take it on the chin because what goes around comes around. And you know, I, I was reading an article about um, the the Liverpool uh, Chelsea Super Cup final last week, and they were referring back to 2005 when we won the Champions League in Istanbul, and they were saying that. Vladimir Smica had been with Liverpool for five years and uh, due to injuries and whatever he'd never really got a good run of form going and he'd score a great goal here and there and have a good game here and there but then wouldn't get played for a while and at the end of his season he knew he was going to be leaving, he he knew there was going to be no new contract and uh, he was hoping to have a bit of a swan song at Anfield against, I can't remember who it was but you know a bit of a wave off to all the fans and and, uh, Rafa Benitez didn't even put him on the bench. And he was fuming, you know, he was like, this is my big send-off, I've given you five years, how bloody out of order, you? how rude. But he sort of calmed down and he took it on the chin and said, right, okay, the team's bigger than me. If that's what Rafa thinks is best for the team, that's what Rafa thinks is best for the team. It then came the next game, was the Champions League final in Istanbul. He's on the bench, so he's slightly happier, but still not over the moon, but he's slightly happier. And Harry Kuehl, I think it was, got a calf injury and he was out. And, and Vladimir Smica comes on. Uh, he scores the second goal that helps get it to penalties and then he scores one of the penalties in the penalty shootout and wins the Champions League. Now, if he'd have blown his top at Rafa the week before for not, not getting picked in that final game, he wouldn't have got a Champions League medal. He wouldn't have scored in the final. He wouldn't have scored a penalty that won the trophy or helped win the trophy. So it's, it's just sort of saying, you know, actually, it's again, it comes back to the trust. He's doing it for the right reasons. I might not agree with it, but he's doing it for the right reasons. And if you've got that team spirit... And you've got those team players it just counts for so much so that's the, that's for me that is the major thing um, you know how, how do you think that these types of experience uh, of having to deal with people not working well in a team can be applied to business
1: and um, the biggest thing for applying it to business as well as applying it for the team at the time is to be able to challenge someone is be able to kind of when you see something that you don't think is right is you have the ability you have those channels in place that allow you to to talk to someone about it allow you to challenge someone about it and in coaching terms if you think there's a, a problem with an athlete you don't wait until you don't wait until the end of the month when you've got the coaches meeting you don't wait until the end of the year review and say actually I thought there was a problem back in, in April because it's, it's too late by then you've let too much time go past and you' you've, um, you've not helped that person by helping that person, if you see there's a problem, you see there's something that you can help them improve on, then let them know straight away, let them know at the earliest possible convenience in, in whatever the best format is for you to let them know the information that you kind of perceive. And if you're wrong, they might be doing it their way because yeah. they have that clear instruction in their mind what they want to do, then that's fine. And you, But you had the opportunity to present that challenge. And for me, it's exactly the same way in business. If you see that there's a problem, you see there's something that you disagree with, then create an environment where you can have that challenge. You can, you can put that view across to somebody. Because again, you might be right and you might be able to help them. And again, they've got the trust knowing that you're giving them that feedback because you didn't wake up that day thinking, I'll tell you what, I'm going to ruin this person's day. You yeah. woke up that day thinking, how can I make a difference? How can I make things better? So hopefully they'll interpret your intentions as positive, even though you might be giving them negative feedback. Yeah. Or you might put your point across and you might be wrong. And that's fine because then it creates clarity for you as well. So you go back to your day-to-day work knowing they're doing it that way because of their their reasons for it. If you both just go your separate ways and and I sit in my office getting annoyed thinking, why are they doing it like that? And they're doing it their way thinking, you know, this, this is the best way to do it. When other people are, are thinking there's other ways of doing it. It creates unnecessary tensions over a longer period of time. Yeah. Where, whether you're right or wrong, at least you get to say your view, yeah. put it across in a, in a trusted manner, put it across professionally to them. They can interpret that as a well-intentioned piece of feedback. And then you start making gains. Then you start making those those, those potential marginal gains so much sooner, same way that you do within a, business, uh, within a sporting world.
0: Yeah. Okay, great.
1: I guess the same question goes back to your, yourself. Um, we've made some reference to the physical challenge that you've taken part in, and, um, and then seeing how during those times when you were taking part in those and, and you had kind of bits of feedback along the way, how did you maybe interpret that feedback? And also, have those experiences helped you within, cause the the business side of things when you're taking on a big challenge, something that maybe you thought you couldn't do before, maybe something that you thought was uh, kind of very much new and, and pioneering to you. How do you help that feedback to uh, achieve your aims?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a um, well, it, it's a twofold answer to that. Really, I think one one it helps you set your goals, and, and two, I think it's it's achieving the mindset uh, or having the mindset to achieve that. So. I remember probably three four years ago sitting down with you in a, a coffee shop and, and having a, a conversation about challenges and we were talking about the DW race and, and you threw in a, you know, why, why don't you do the DW race and St Peter's Way challenge and I said well what's the St Peter's Way challenge and you said oh it's a 45 mile run, 73 kilometres, something like that run. And at the time, I don't think I'd run more than five miles, and I'd done that once, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd done the odd 5K. And you know, I, having thought, thought about it for a little while, I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that, without any real idea how I was going to do that, or even if I could do that. Um, but once we started breaking it down and, and you know, looking at doing, okay, let's build up to it. We've got a, a X period of time. How much training do we have to do? What, when do we have to do it? And then we just started doing it and getting longer and longer and doing longer, you know, doing one one leg which was about nine miles, and then doing two and building up to that and making sure we'd run over the course and we knew the course off by heart and just things like that. It, it, actually some things that you it was a great book by uh, Professor Greg White, Achieve the Impossible. Some some things that you think are impossible, you can do them if you actually just break them down into small pieces and it is almost those marginal gains. And so I think. By, by doing things like the St Peter's Way it's really helped with, with me thinking well actually I can achieve anything if I want to because there's no way I thought I could run 43 miles a couple of years ago and I don't think I could do it now to be honest but you know just by actually breaking it down and having that plan in place it, it makes it so much more achievable And that, and then you start thinking about other things and thinking well actually why couldn't we do this in work why couldn't we do that what's stopping us doing this and actually if we wanted to do this how would we go and achieve it? And, and so I sort of quite often now use the, the if, if anyone says anything to us, can we do this? The answer is yes, we can do it. It might cost us a fortune or it might take us ages. Uh, you know, But if, someone, if a client says to us, can we put an advert on the moon? Yes, we can, because we know someone can get to the moon because they've done it, and we know we can make an advert. So the two things are possible. We don't know how we'll do it, and we don't know how much it will cost, we don't know how long it will take, but we can do it. And then you start working on it and saying, okay well to do this we're going to have to go and talk to NASA or we're going to have to go and talk to Elon Musk or we're going to have and you start breaking it down and actually it becomes a little bit more achievable and it still might be a crazy goal but once you've broken it down it becomes a hell of a lot more achievable and I think that then once you start doing that it helps with the mindset because now I know that I can run 43 miles if you said to me actually your life depends on it you've got to do this hundred mile run with me I'd be like okay, I don't want to do that, and it's going to be bloody hard work, but I can, I could do it. I know I could do it. I'll break it down. I'll do chunks. I've done 43 miles, so I'll do that twice, and then I've got a little bit more, a little lap of honour at the end to do. So. They're still taking late injuries, so we might, <laughs> we might be able to squeeze you in. But it, it, it just makes you realise that, yeah, I can do that, because you've got that mindset, because you've started having the successes, and so you've just got to keep building on those small successes, and but making sure you're stretching yourself. That's why we, we most of the things we set in work now, we have a target, but we set a stretch target as well because it just helps you to push yourself. You think, well, actually, yeah... If I do a bit more I probably can hit that target. And so I think it's really important from that point of view. For me that kinda also
1: loops back round when we started talking about the whole team environment and how having the people around you to support you can make such a huge difference. Yeah. When we did that St. Peter's run, I remember in the middle of it, it was it was getting quite tough and at one point you, you I think you said, Oh my speak for yourself. My hey. hand, <laughs> I think you said oh, my hands are starting to yeah. swell up a little yeah, bit. And my and then it was you could see that it was a kind of concern for you. You're thinking, "Oh, I'm in kind of un-
0: uncharted territory at the moment." And that, that's well, at one point in the race. That's probably the only time in that race I thought, if I'd have been on my own, I possibly wouldn't have finished that because uh, they, my fingers literally swelled to twice the size, and I didn't have a clue what was what, what was causing that.
1: And I think just turned around, as yeah. casual as you like, yeah. as, if, as if you said, "Oh, I've got yeah. to do my, do my shoelace up." Yeah. Yeah. He just went, "Oh, yeah, that happens." Yeah,
0: that and, happened, then, so and, and said, then that happens, back. we'll get you some salt at the next. Uh, that was at it. The next checkpoint, because he said it was something to do with your blood pressures, getting yeah. high or low, whichever way around it was. But yeah.
1: And it was by, by having that team around you and, and being able to trust in what they were yeah. saying, and and as you said, if you were on your own, you might think, actually, this, is, this isn't yeah. right. Yeah. But having a team around you in the sporting world and in business world, if you've got those people, if you've got... If you've got access to people who can support at such a high level then take advantage of that maximize the the usage you can get out of that because if people have been there and they've done it or they know people who have then make the most of those connections and that's that's a real kind of small snippet of someone just casually saying oh yeah that happens don't worry we'll get some more salt And, and
0: that's where the trust is so vital because for all i know he could have been talking absolute rubbish he's never seen that before and he was worried sick but the way he said it just made me so he was like yeah that happens okay fine I'll carry on don't worry about it because I trusted him and if he'd have been worried about it he'd have told me that he was worried about it and he'd have said right next checkpoint we need to get a first aider to look at it or whatever it was but I trusted him 100% he knew what he was doing he's done it countless times he'd worked with us in the build up to it and so that was it right Chris has said it's fine therefore it's fine carry on I think at that point, you know, talking of my, my health, we should probably leave it there. <laughs> it's been a great discussion, Keith. Thanks for coming on the podcast again this week. Um, I just think it shows how, how participating in sport can really help in the workplace. Um, whatever your job is. And it's you know, it's whether it's the mental side of it, you know, for me going for a run just clears my head and makes me feel a lot better, to actually the physical side of it, to, to you know, being able to do your job a lot better. Um, so that's why we encourage all of our staff to take part in sport in as as many positive ways and, and to see the positive benefits that it has. Um, we set up a five-a-side team a little while ago, Team EMG. They're not the most successful, but it, it really helps on their fitness. It helps on the teamwork. They have a beer afterwards. They enjoy the laugh. And it, it, you know, it just helps in so many different ways. Um, and we will turn them into a gold medal-winning team at some point. We're, we're working on it. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> That's all we got time for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast and look forward to speaking to you again soon.